It is Friday for Peace Podcast uh, listeners, and we are going to have a little bit of peace today. We are going to be relaxing. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, things that are are pretty much in the relaxing realm. And one of the things that we always like to do is we love to wine and dine. And today we have two guests. We have uh, Anthony Serrato out of he was originally from New Jersey, but now he lives in my city of Asheville, North Carolina. And we also have Robert Renzoni, and he is out in the great state of California in Southern California wine country, not Northern California. And we are going to talk to him about his winery as well. Look forward to the show. This is great because not only are we talking about eating and drinking, we are also going to be, uh, you know, there's always going to be a backstory about the struggle and about the building of a great, great industry and a great uh, organization. We'll be right back right after this. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. All right. Uh, welcome to the Four Piece Podcast today. Uh, we are talking about a little bit of whining and dining today. And uh, one thing about Asheville, North Carolina, I moved here um, solidly two years ago. And uh, I will say this, that the food uh, in Asheville is very unique in a lot of ways, uh, and it is very delicious. And uh, one thing I do love, I've always loved Italian food. And one of my friends who uh, I get to see on a weekly basis on the uh, hockey rink, the roller hockey rink, that is, uh, owns a great restaurant, great two restaurants here. Uh, his name is Anthony Serrato. Uh, Anthony is on the show today, and uh, Anthony, tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, where we can go and eat your delicious food. Well, first of all, thanks, Tunis, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, it's really great playing hockey with you and getting to know you. Uh, what we do, at, we have Strada Italiano, downtown Asheville. Uh, that's been around for, it's going on 11, 11 years. Uh, so... Uh, uh, March, March of 2024 will be 11 years. Uh, we've, I'm sorry, that'll be 12 years, 12 years. Wow. In March, yeah. In March, we're 11 years right now. Uh, we do regional Italian. So it's, uh, my family's from all different parts of Italy. Uh, both my mother and father are uh, first generation Italian American. So I'm second generation Italian American. Uh, they, my mom's side is from like central and northern northern Italy, and my father's side is more central and southern Italy. Uh, and his mom's actually from Sicily, one of the islands of the, of Italy. Um, <clears throat> so we all the family recipes that are that are uh, developed and um, and used at uh, at Strada are from different regions. So we do a regional Italian cuisine there, um, and then at Gemelli. Uh, that's our the se uh, second restaurant. Um, we do. It's it's more like a northern style Italian, uh, okay. but Strada's been so popular 
that people are asking for a lot of Jamali stuff. So we're actually trying to give it a little bit more of that uh, strata flair uh, to it. Fantastic. I don't want the two things. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't want the two things. I don't want Strata to overshadow Jamelli because Jamelli on its own is is a contender and it's a really great restaurant and it's totally different menu and totally different vibe of of, of atmosphere and everything. Uh, decor wise, everything's very different. Uh, we do a really uh, it's like a coffee house and brunchy uh, menu by day, and then at night it transforms to like like a wine like lots of uh, like a wine bar uh, kind of. Uh, chic kind of like Italian bistro at, at any evening. Uh, so Jamelli is a pasta. <clears throat> so it's a pasta that looks like a rope tw twisted together. Um, that pasta um, we make in-house. We make all the pasta in-house. But we do a, a unsmoked uh, a paprika uh, Jamelli pasta uh, on the menu. And uh, it also means Gemini. My wife is a Gemini. In, in Italian, and it also means uh, twins. So Gemini means twins in Italian. Uh, okay. We have we have twin three year old girls, uh, Elizabeth and Larissa, and uh, so that's why we named it Gemelli. So we have the my wife's a Gemini, and it means twins, and we have twins, and and then we make that pasta. So we just kind of uh, came came about that way. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, it's a really. What? It's really cool. And then my son, Gabe, who actually plays in the A-League, um, he uh, is a chef as well. And he helped develop a lot of things like that. So he wanted Jamelli Pasta to be something super special. It's our signature dish there. We do. He has a sumac lamb uh, sausage that he makes in-house. And then uh, we uh, cook that down with some garlic. And um, a, he made a, a white anchovy butter that you cook all the the sausage in and with broccolini and they hit it with a little white wine and then you toss it all together with, um, uh, with the unsmoked paprika, um, Jamelli pasta, uh, which is kind of like, it has like a little bit of an orangey tinge to it, uh, cause of that chili, uh, look. And it's just a really great pasta and you have a shaved, uh, grana padana on top and just it, people love it. So I did a uh, I did a uh, research on who and when people listen to my podcast, and I just want you to know that uh, a lot of people listen on my listen to my podcast between the hours of three thirty and seven o'clock p.m. So that means what you are doing right now is you have just Make totally changed about six or seven hundred people's. Uh, um, um, dinner plans for tonight there's going to be a lot of <laughs> italian dishes uh nationwide today and hopefully they come to uh where you are uh here if you are in the Asheville area now tell me you are not originally you are like me you are a uh you are a transplant uh you are not originally from the Asheville area what brought you here and and tell me a little bit about you know you you did talk a lot about your your immediate family background but i know that your family i could tell by uh uh reading your backstory that your family uh generations past have a great influence on not only you but even on the menu that you have go ahead and tell us a little bit about that yeah um it's hard I, it's, even now still after all these years of being in the public eye and stuff like that and being I was on tv before and everything and and a lot of local tv as well uh with the um the carolina kitchen stuff and national tv with uh on a, a food network uh back in 2000 
I think it was 15 or so, 16. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's always it's still hard. I'm not, I was brought up different, like a like I was brought up a multi generational family. So my grandparents were a huge influence on us, and they were the Depression era. Um, so and I, like aunt and uncles, they were, all lived in a three family house. So I had that influence of multi generational. So it's still hard for me to talk about myself. I feel like I'm bragging or something, but I know it's not the case, you know. Oh, but uh, but the funny part is that um, my my uh, great great grandfather or grandparents, I think, came over here. On my, on my so my mom's side, her mother's last name was Alphone, and they came over uh, back in the 1800s. And when they came over, they brought the statue. And if ever anybody's ever heard of uh, the feast of Saint Gennaro, they brought over Saint Gennaro to New York. And they started that the Feast of Saint Gennaro, which is a huge to this day um, festival in in Little Italy area. Okay, so okay. so I didn't I didn't even know that until pretty recently that that even happened, like last within the last ten years. And here I was bringing stuff like the Feast of the Seven Fish down to the southeast because no one's ever done that here. And then all these people there, there's a lot of transplants here. So that, that became like a huge thing. And that's what we're going to start doing at Jamelli because it's going to be so much easier at Jamelli's, uh, the way Jamelli's laid out and the, and the, uh, it's just going to be so much easier to do like a true feast of the seven fish, uh, dinner. So that this year we're going to start doing that, uh, on December 23rd, uh, cause we're closed on Christmas Eve and Christmas day. Okay. Uh, so feast of the seven fish, in case you don't realize that in Italian, uh, American culture, it's, a uh, it's more like an Italian American holiday. In Italian culture as well, they uh, would do lots of seafood, okay? And it has to do with uh, the Catholic religion, so the seven sacraments and all that. So that's why it's the Feast of the Seven Fish. Um, and it's uh, it's a whole big thing on, on, on Christmas Eve. I personally disliked it as a kid because I don't like I didn't really like seafood. So there was only certain things that I would eat, like linguine and clams or, or calamari fried or or whatever i because i i just wasn't my favorite day so my grandmother would make me like lasagna so i have something else to eat um <laughs> so so yeah she's a super sweet lady she's actually the one that inspired me to be a chef her her and my mother my mother's a great baker my my grandmother was great at everything um fantastic so um so how i got down to north carolina was my dad moved here when uh, i was around 11 or 12 years old so i would start visiting him on the weekends and stuff and that's when Asheville had really nothing going on we didn't even go downtown because downtown wasn't very safe um uh so we would just go to like the sliding rock and like uh grandfather mountain and do all the stuff that everybody does to this day in the area and just avoid it downtown at all costs and then uh so once i graduated high school in 1990 from nutley new jersey uh, i decided to come visit my dad and he talked me into staying and going to culinary school at AB tech. And the rest is his history. I just stayed, um, right after I graduated high school at 18 years old, went to culinary school, um, from, uh, at an early age. And, and then I just started working restaurants the whole time. I worked with him for a little while. Um, he, he was in the construction business. I wanted to be, um, uh, an engineer architect. Okay. and and help 
make plans and build houses with him and all that stuff. And he was like, no, I'm getting out of that business. I'm going to get into the restaurant business. And so I was like, okay. And there was three things I want to do. Photography was number one, uh, engineer, architect, or, or a chef. Uh, that was the third thing. And I went up to my third thing because photography, I was like, I don't want to starve. I want to, I want to, I want to make money. <laughs> so I didn't want to be a starving artist. So, and yeah. then there's also, there's art in all three of those things though. It's kind there of is. an art. And, and, and even in your, um, even when in the name of uh, your restaurant, uh, Jay Minnelli, or Jay Melly, uh, you uh, also, you talk about uh, a story uh, and you said uh, the origin story comes from uh, fortuitous, uh, fortu uh, fortu I cannot say that word today, twist of fate. Yes. Uh, uh, man and women meet, fall in love, marry and become pregnant with uh, their twins. Is that a story of you and your wife or is that? Uh, that, is that is. is. Okay. Very yeah, good. That's totally and, awesome. Uh, that is uh that is a fantastic story. And and so and even in the the uh the names of all of your your both of your restaurants, uh you have there's always a backstory to them. Um so you could tell that there is a definite sense of art, not only in the food, uh not only in you, but uh also in in how you create and the in the ambiance at both the restaurants are are unique. They absolutely are unique and they're and they're actually very very beautiful and um and it does and 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 it's it's almost it's unique but it is actually different than um Asheville restaurants as a whole so this is a uh this is a step into uh um old Italy so to speak is that and I'm sure you did that intentionally correct oh yeah for sure Strata, Strata was uh there was three different restaurants at Strata downtown uh that was in there before us uh, and originally like I think in the the, as like from the 50s to the 70s there was a restaurant called tingles cafe and it was a family-run business and uh, they they ran it until they didn't want to do it anymore and then it turned into other things and then my ex-business partner bought the building reno renovated the whole thing and then he had partnered with somebody and put in a resurrected the tingles cafe concept uh asked permission to use the name from the family and everything and the tingle family still lit still is around here because uh, they came in when we opened Strata and had dinner there several times. And it was funny. The funny story with that is the place is starting to get named as like a jinx location because three things went in and out really quickly because things didn't work out. Then it was like some, some other uh, business that was open for like like three months. And then there was uh, Never Blue was there for like six months or something like that. Um, and then I came along with and I kept thinking, what can I name this place? What What can I do here like to give the power back to the to the to the location because it's a great location it was just to me i i saw it as uh operator error it's not the location it's right on the main strip downtown so i just strata means boulevard a major thoroughfare is what mm -hmm. that is a street so i was just like hey there you go it's easy to say it's easy to spell uh it doesn't sound too like too italian like another place that i had was with my dad was fiori's because my grandfather's last name or, or first name was fiori so mm -hmm. i had to i had to um do a whole um like educate everybody on how to say it, how to pronounce it all the time what it meant and it just means flower in italian uh like a like a like a plant you know uh, like a mountain flower right uh, so the whole thing was about um just keeping it simple. So Jamelli's easy 
uh, to say too and it, it's, it has it means gemini and twins and all that and it's an offshoot of strata so it's like a little a little kind of thing off of that uh play off that but yeah you do have to when you're thinking about opening a business as an entrepreneur it's really important that you give life to that business it has yeah. to be like a living entity like and i always equate the bank account and the uh, the profitability of it as the heartbeat of the business because when that is doing well and it's and it's well exercised and it's healthy that means that the people that are creating that business are doing well and are well exercised and being healthy and profit and and being able to be successful and have to me money is energy and it's not a, it's not about material things it's about being able to live a, a good clean healthy life by taking that energy and turning it into something else the energy that we put into the business and and whether it's mental physical spiritual whatever all that that you dig down deep some days when you like during that pandemic and everything like that everybody really pulled together um that is you know the byproduct of that energy that you're putting into it is money right so right. you take that money and then you live your life and it, you exude like beautify beautify where you live or you know get better things for your children or whatever it is that you got to do with it so that's why that that business i always try to give it a name that's going to be you know reputable and uh you know bring life to the to the to the business absolutely so it has its own life uh, you know anthony i like to say first of all thank you for your time and also i also want to say thank you to what you give to the Asheville community um there are a lot of things that go on in this community that would not uh uh, run like they do if it wasn't for you, especially uh, what you do for uh, even the the uh, the inline hockey league here uh, that that serve anybody from I would say eight to eighty, but I'm wrong. I, I mean anywhere yeah. from four to four to four hundred. Um, uh, they they take care of so and I really do uh, I really do appreciate that so thank you very much Anthony thank you for your time and uh, I will be talking to you soon I'll definitely be at the restaurant uh, I do my favorite Italian dish of all time I know it sounds kind of cliche but uh, I am a you know being from Buffalo I love pizza but uh, uh, my my very close second is lasagna and I love veal parmesan absolutely love veal and chicken parmesan i eat that um i i mean it's just it's just great i love italian food in general so thank well, you thank so you. much for your time and i appreciate it and uh i will be uh hopefully talking to you well, actually i know i'll be talking to you really soon but uh thank you for your time well thank you tunis for everything you do as well and, and putting me in front of all these hungry uh viewers between three and seven <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> all right there you go so you know what you guys are gonna eat today you're gonna eat some good italian food do you have the next big thing that world changing whatchamacallit do you have a story to tell you need a show-stopping web presence you need the web spinners at webinit with big picture solutions spinning together seo stellar web design blogging podcasts and social media integrations You'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're webinit. Okay, we're back at the Four Piece Podcast. I have Robert Renzoni. Robert Renzoni uh, is a longtime classmate, friend of mine. I've known him since uh, probably elementary school. 
Uh, he is, uh, uh, so he is as old as I am. I'm sorry to say, and uh, he is, he is uh, out in uh, it's uh, Temecula, uh, California, and he owns Renzoni Winery. Uh, it has a great backstory, and that's what I wanted you to share. So when you are uh, uh, talking about your winery, please, you have a very interesting backstory. Uh, Robert, welcome to the store. Uh, welcome to the podcast, and please go ahead. Tell us about yourself. Thanks, Bud. Good to see you and great to talk to you. It has been a long time, and I do believe you are right. It, uh, I think elementary school, uh, and it's amazing. That seems like 100 years ago. But, yeah, here we are old men now, huh? But uh, <laughs> yeah. our story is actually pretty neat. Um, you know, in the crazy world we live today and the government control and all the BS, um, you know, the days of, of us growing up as children and and, you know, the the pursuit of the American dream was alive well and kicking when we were kids. Today, they stranglehold you on everything you want to do. And so to build my winery was extraordinarily difficult. Um, you know, my uh, if I could back up a second, I was, I, I'm not a college graduate. I'm a high school graduate. Um, I was told my whole life that I would never be anything without a college degree. You know, so I love the story of your book because pursuit and, and pursue. And I, I think I'm a perfect example of that. I was determined to prove people wrong that I could succeed without a college degree, that I could, could, see, could, could uh, succeed with hard work and determination and will. And we did. Um, it took a lot. It was a long road. I started the winery on a loan with $500,000. Um, today, no way in hell you'd be able to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. it was 15 years ago. I opened my doors. Um, and throughout the years I've been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at, at building our wonderful establishment. Um, and it just took determination and the pursuit of happiness, if you will, um, to, to accomplish it. My history and background in the, in the business is, uh, my family's been in the wine business since 1886, starting in Italy with my great grandfather. And then they moved here in the early 1900s to pursue the American dream. And they started, um, my grandfather, my great grandfather made wine and cordials. And he teamed up with his, his brother-in-law, my great, great uncle, Romeo Battistoni, my, uh, and they formed, they, uh, Romeo had a saloon in downtown Buffalo. And this was during the days of, um, you know, the Erie Canal and when yeah. Buffalo was huge. I mean, 1915, Buffalo had a million people or 600,000 uh, people living in it. Yes. Um, I think today it's only a million. So if you could put that in perspective, um, it was humongous back then. And the Erie Canal was obviously attributed to that and everything, all the, the industry that traffics through that canal through Buffalo. Um, so they were doing really well. And they, uh, until, uh, of course, prohibition hit. And then, so that kind of really was a thorn in the side. They went into home construction. And my grandfather, believe it or not, was a bootlegger back in the day in Buffalo. And it would take a rowboat across the Niagara River uh, on a nightly basis, smug smuggling whiskey through the underground caves under the city of Buffalo. And that went on through Prohibition's entirety. And believe it or not, he never got caught. Pretty cool story there. Um, and then after Prohibition ended in 30, December 33, 34, we opened up the Italian and French Wine Company 
because the only legal uh, products available in the country at that time were Italian and French wine imports, hence the name, not very creative, obviously. But they uh, started importing wines. And then uh, in 1938, Federico passed away. And my grandfather, Dominic, decided to get back in the winemaking side of the industry in honor of his late father. And we did so, and we hooked up with little names out here in California of the Sebastiani family, the Mandavi family, the Cella family, which was a company that doesn't exist anymore. But you all, I'm sure, know the Sebastiani names and the Mandavi names in particular. And then we also hooked up with the Galliano family here in Southern California, where I'm based. Right. Um, story goes on for many years. The family became... Uh, uh, the first distributors ever in the world for Constellation Brands, which is the third largest company in the world today. But we were their very first distributor with a little, if you remember the the, the brands of, I don't know if you remember Wild Irish Rose. Yeah. Um, okay. Wild Irish Rose started in my grandfather's office. The founder, uh, Marvin Sands, met with my grandfather, had this idea for a product. They didn't have a name. They were meeting in my grandfather's office and they actually named it in my grandfather's office. Um, funny story. You know, now yeah. today they own Mondavi, they own Corona beer. I mean, the list cooks, I mean, they just list goes on and on of, of the brands they own, but it's a neat little chunk of history for our family. Um, I, uh, we eventually, uh, I'll, I'll speed up in 1994. We ended up selling our, our family business. Um, just couldn't keep up with the big guys out of New York city as far as being competitive. And so it was, decided to sell the business after 61 quote unquote legal years. And, uh, I went work for Gallo for a couple of years. And then I, um, uh, unfortunately witnessed the man get killed on my, my sales route. Um, not a murder, but an accident. Right. And I ended up having to be the primary witness for the state of New York, a state New York dump truck was involved. And, uh, it was a horrific traumatic, uh, episode that changed my life forever. That's why I'm talking to you today. I, I realized then and there that life was precious and too short. And, um, this happened on a Friday on Monday. I went in gave my two weeks notice. Uh, and two weeks later I spent four months torn across the country, uh, on my own and hooked up with an old high school friend in, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, we formed a rock band to pursue one of our dreams. Um, we were this close, but, uh, Napster destroyed that for us, and the music industry still has not to, yet to recover, especially the rock industry has yet to recover right. since in over 20 years. Um, but uh, after that failed, uh, decided to pursue, you know, what was in my blood, and that was winemaking. And uh, I was based in Manhattan Beach, and my father, uh, my parents moved out to uh, Carlsbad in 2000. I moved to LA in 96 to put it in perspective in okay. 2004, my parents introduced me to, to the Temecula Valley here. And I came down here and I just saw an opportunity. I'm like, God, something, I don't know if you've had that gut feeling ever in your life through this, but I just had this gut feeling that something was calling me to this region and went around. My father took me around and I bought a home as for an investment. Um, that was back during the boom. Uh, the, you know, housing market boom. The house wasn't even built yet, built the thing. And then I had to move into it. They had these clauses that you, you had to, it had to be owner occupied or they fined you $50,000. Right. 
Right. Well, I didn't have fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> the house I bought, I borrowed some money from my dad to buy the house. You know, I was broke back then, and yeah. um, but it was a smart thing to do. So I decided, I'm like, well, piss on it. I'll I'll move out there. It's only an hour and a half from L.A. And if the, the you know the Southern California people have ever been here, an hour and a half in a car in L.A. And Southern California is nothing. It's a blink exactly. of an eye. Right. So. Uh, I said, you know, I'll move out there. So I ended up renting a, a room out to the tasting room manager of a local winery here called South Coast Winery. And and then I was coming, traveling back and forth because I was still gigging uh, with the band up until we, we disbanded in 06. Um, so I was just back and forth. And when I came out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go apply for a, a, a tasting room gig at one of these wineries, get back into my roots and. So I went to a little winery called Leoness Cellars, and they were very small at the time. And but I thought they were doing a nice job with their wine, and so I, I started working for them and pouring wine two days a week. And one thing led to another. I just was like, I, I could, I, I think I can make it here. So I I was selling the shit out of their wine, and the one day I get mystery shot by the owner. In his right. tasting room. And it was tasting room was like a little converted horse barn. Okay. I mean, it was uh, now they have a beautiful place, but it was a little just barn. And he mystery shops me. And as I'm selling his wine to him, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know it was the owner. I haven't met him yet. He says, Excuse me, son. He goes, uh, My name's Mike Rennie, and I own this winery. And I think you know more about my winery than I do. So sure enough, I ended up, you know, we sat down and I became their sales and marketing manager for many years. And then I started working side by side with their winemaker. And about a year into it, I decided, I said, you know what? And I went to them. I said, I think I should start my own thing. What do you think? And, it, and Mike was the owner was like, you know, Rob, we with your family's background, this region needs someone like, you know, people like you with your with your background, too. We need some valuable names in this valley and viable knowledge uh, of the industry in this valley to really help promote and, and push this valley to to uh you know world recognition so i took that as a compliment and i went to my father and he thought i was out of my mind and uh but i begged him for a hundred to borrow one hundred fifty thousand dollars from him and that was that was tough it was tough getting it. And then imagine. I went, we got a, I got a loan for half a million dollars. I bought a million dollar property and I got a loan uh, for half a million to, to, you know, put to, to pay for the mortgage, you know, you know, start shipping away at the mortgage to um, start to build, you know, to plant the vineyard and start a little, little horse barn, my tasting room myself, basically. But it was, it was the intent was for it to eventually become our production barn, which it is today. Um, and so anyway, end up doing so we, my focus was the, and I was determined to produce, put whatever spare change I had into making the best quality product I could. And that turned out to be our savior because I opened in April of 08. And I think it was June of 08 when the fit hit the shan. Right. And the market plunged and my bank went out of business and I lost my loan. I lost everything. God. And I mean, I sat with my father crying and 
it, it was it was it was traumatic. It was it was it was terrible. I mean, it was okay. here we are. And anyway, well, I wore 17 hats for oh gosh, good six years. Worked around the clock, did everything, you name it. I did it between the winemaking to delivering wine to local restaurants that get my name out there. The pursuit, like we like you talk about. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I was determined that I would I would not fail. Failure was not an option. And I was going to do whatever it took. And, you know, I'm proud to say here I am. Um, you know, it, it, it worked. It uh, I don't wear 17 hats anymore. I now wear just a couple. I'm the boss. I signed the checks. You know, we now I'm proud to say we have uh, uh, we're, we're producing 25,000 cases a year. We're the number one 90 plus scored winery in the history of Southern California. We're the first 100 percent solar powered winery in the history of Southern California. We just became California self-sustainable, which there's only a couple dozen in the whole state. So we're really doing some wonderful things. Um, which actually even leads me to another little story because we got noticed by there's a show called Empowered that is a public broadcasting system um, uh, television show hosted by Meg Ryan, and they heard about us and they contacted us and they're doing a a full episode and uh, feature on our winery and they were coming out next week to film in light of all the things that I just previously mentioned. So we're very excited about that. Um, and it's nice to get the recognition and it's nice to see how hard work can really pay off. Um, I'm now, you know, we have a restaurant. We are, we, how, uh, excuse me, we host about 5,000 visitors a week. We, um, as I mentioned, we're doing 25,000 cases a year. Um, all of our food that we do at our trattoria is imported from, all of our meats and cheeses are imported from Italy. We FedEx our bread from New Jersey every night. All our pastas are homemade. Our sauces are homemade. Even our flour for, for our pizzas imported from Italy. Um, and we've, we just, that, that focus, that pursuit of greatness and determination not to fail has paid off for me tenfold. We have almost 80 employees. Uh, I, I, I just could go on and on and on. I'm extraordinarily proud. I'm uh, blessed. Um, it's been a hell of a ride. And uh, but it's been very gratifying. I can tell you that. Well, I will say this. I, I am extremely proud to know you. And I think that this story, you know, even in, in my book, I talk about persistence and, and you do have uh, one thing you did do is you persisted. I mean, you know, yeah. there is never a straight line to success. Uh, and if and, 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 and there is a lot of pain, I know that's not one of my four P's, but that is definitely what's going to happen. If you want to be successful, uh, we used to say back in the military that pain is weakness leaving the body and, and, it, and it does make you stronger. And, and that's exactly what, uh, what, uh, your story does represent. And I, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm very glad that you shared that story and thank you very much. Now, if I'm coming out, if we're coming out to your winery, what do we expect? Well, you could expect 90-point score wines, for starters. You know, our, our slogan around the winery is the wine comes first. And in the restaurant, the, the slogan is the food comes first. So if you come to my place, come thirsty and come hungry. Our portions are huge. The food's outstanding. The wines are outstanding. Uh, the views are outstanding. The, the property is beautiful. Um, if your listeners want to check us out, we're 
robertrenzonivineyards.com. You can see video of and pictures of our of our winery and our property uh, on the website. You can see the wines we produce. We, gosh, we produce almost 36 wines now. I think that's what it is, 36. Um, and uh, we do, uh, we have dinners on Friday and Saturday nights. We are open seven days a week. The, vin the, the region is, is really beautiful. Um, there are, we're home to 45 wineries now. So if you come out to Robert Renzoni Vineyards, you want to go visit other wineries as well. But uh, they are quite, like I said, there's 45 different wineries. We are not a big event winery. We will do wine. Excuse me. Sorry. I was on a, I'm on a walk here, so I'm a little out of breath. Um, right. I just went up a big hill. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, the uh, wine club events we do, we do about a dozen wine club events. We have three, uh, four different clubs. And so we do different events for these, for our wine club members. We have, oh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000 wine club members. And um, so those are the types of things that we have. And on weekends, we'll have like live entertainment and stuff on Saturdays and Sundays and fun things like that to make it. But it is, it is a, a nice adult environment. Um, you know, I always discourage people to bring children, even though we are child, you know, child friendly. Um, but because, you know, I think alcohol, you know, kids and alcohol, that's just my personal opinion, but it's a, it's a wonderful venue and it's, uh, again, sitting down on our, our outdoor restaurant with the view of the, of uh, the mountains, Mount Palomar and the Oak mountain off in the distance and the vineyards all you're sitting right around the vineyards are all around you. Uh, it's just, uh, it's serene and it's, uh, it's wonderful. You're sitting there you're eating a, a brick oven pizza or what have you. And and a nice glass of red and whether it be Sangiovese or Syrah, uh, which is really what grows extraordinarily well down here in, in Temecula. Um, and that, that pretty much sums it up. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'll be down there. I'll be up there or over there. I'm in North Carolina. So I'll be over there in uh, January and I will definitely come out and see you. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, Robert. And and like I said, I know you were talking about uh, your website. Your The uh, link will be in the podcast notes. Uh, so please, once you get done and once you're nice and thirsty and ready to go, please click on. Um, and and the, he has a wonderful variety of wines, uh, great tasting wines and a, from a great guy. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back after this. Thanks for having me. Greetings, 4Ps Podcaster family. First, I want to start out in saying the last few weeks, I have been honored to be a part of your broadcast schedule, and I have been also honored to be able to share stories of the 4Ps with people all over the world. And I would like to tell you that I will be in Colorado Springs for the Entrepreneurial Breakthrough. And that is October 5th. That is Thursday, October 5th in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Beautiful time to be in Colorado. The Entrepreneurial Breakthrough is a groundbreaking show that aims to empower business owners to achieve their dreams and aspirations. Do not miss out on this life-changing chance to unlock your full potential and achieve the Entrepreneurial Breakthrough that you've always yearned for. Please join us again, and we will also be live. So if you cannot fly out to Colorado Springs, you can also watch us live. So please make sure you check your local uh, check your local podcast listings, I guess, and 
make sure you stay tuned to this show for more information. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the stories of Anthony and Robert. Uh, Anthony with his restaurants and Robert with his winery, uh, feeding people and making sure that they are happy with wine uh, from coast to coast, basically. And they had great stories. And I love the fact that they talked about how they built their winery and how they built their restaurants and these are stories where you know when we go to to restaurants when we go to stores when we go anywhere we go we buy the product we get the service we walk out we're done we just want to be happy with our purchase but these people who start small businesses these individuals who create new industry they are literally the backbone of society think about how many jobs were created by people like robert and anthony and others that are out there doing uh great things i mean i'm thinking about right now the podcast industry has grown so much but all of the people that went to make sure that the technology was in place to provide not only a source of information, but also another generating uh, a revenue generating um, uh, another revenue generating industry, and it, it's a great thing. And that is what America is all about. That is what Canada is all about. And it again, small business is the backbone of our economy. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys go out if you guys can. Make sure you get uh, go to Asheville and and get uh, some of Anthony's fine food. And if you are in California, Southern California, uh, take a break from all the hustle and bustle and traffic and and all that, and and go out to the countryside and enjoy some Renzoni wine. I will talk to you guys next Monday. But you guys have a great great weekend. Bye bye.